0: Hi, and welcome to the No IT Podcast. My name is Bryant Brackett, and I am here to bring you the most up-to-date news and information in the IT and cybersecurity space. In today's episode, we're going to talk about some of the attacks that occurred this week, some of the systems that were brought down and some of the lives that were cost as a result. Uh, I'm also going to introduce a new co-host, Tino, who is a colleague of mine that I really am excited for the dynamic that he brings to the podcast. I think you guys are really going to enjoy him as I do. And, you know, enjoy the show. Make sure that you like, rate, and subscribe. Um, Show us your support. Uh, Find us on LinkedIn. That's uh, linkedin.com slash IN slash Bryant's Bracket or linkedin.com slash IN slash It Podcast. Either way, enjoy your day. BTI is 35. Most companies don't get the privilege of serving clients for that long without being great at what they do. Cybersecurity monitoring, IT data networking, integrated physical security systems. These are just a few of the ways that BTI continues to serve their clients. Delivering the foremost level of technical quality, BTI would love to serve you. Go to btigroup.com, click the banner at the bottom of the homepage, and schedule your free network assessment today. And in your cyber attack news, Springfield, Massachusetts Public School District was shut down last week by ransomware. They have 60 schools, 25,000 students, and 4,500 staff members. And the ransomware attack shut down distance learning and just further impeded the educational process that's already been overcomplicated and, and stressed by this COVID 19 situation in the pandemic. Now, these struggles are gonna to continue to happen and we're gonna to continue to hear and read stories about this week after week until the school districts are able to properly address these, these vulnerabilities. There's two things that go into this problem. One is the fact that districts were caught off guard by the pandemic as were everybody else. And distance learning is something that was like putting a Band-Aid over a, you know, over a cut that needs stitches. Right, it just doesn't. It's not going to work until the proper budget and funding is put in place to properly address these issues. Now, the the other problem is on the funding side. Your the school districts are having trouble paying their their teachers, much less designating budget to the IT department to properly secure their uh, distance learning protocols. So, the only solution. As far as I can see for right now is the fact that you as a parent need to start going to the district and demanding that they implement these protocols and demanding that they put these, the budget in place to make sure that your kids can continue to learn. Now, these are struggles that you and I didn't have to deal with, but school was tough enough as it was now throw in this, you know, every other week you know, an an attack happening that's completely stopping your students from working, much less the fact that they have to sit in front of a computer screen for six hours a day. It's going to come and bite us back in the butt. It's not going to come back tomorrow necessarily. You know, we're not going to see the repercussions of this next year even, but, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the line when these kids become adults and we're having to trust them with making decisions like voting intelligently or, you know, doing or having the proper education necessary to maneuver within the world. Our kids are going to be so much further behind the rest of the world. And it's, it's going to completely skew, you know, an entire generation of, of students and of children. Um, the, in other news, the Southeastern Transportation Authority was also locked down with ransomware last week. Um, they've been dealing with this issue since August, right? And it's not, there isn't any any uh, customer information or anything that's that's vulnerable from that or that was leveraged, but it's mostly internal systems like employee emails, their ride share system, their transportation connect, all of which are offline. Um, it's a problem that needs to be addressed and they are addressing it, but um, it's still impacting employees and, you know, One of the things that I find funny when these things happen, excuse me, is the fact that what they offer employees is free credit monitoring for the next year. And that's just because when your information is leveraged and the network is hacked, they don't, they can't account for all of the information that was stolen. So what ends up happening is, is that over the next year or so data from that hack starts to leak out onto the dark web. So you're going to start seeing your credit card information. You know, maybe your credit card gets hacked, your banking information, your, you know, phone records and phone information, all of those things starting to trickle out into the world. And then all of a sudden you're going to be hit and this is, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a major headache for you. Um, you know, take some solace in the fact that the hackers aren't necessarily targeting your personal information per se. Um, they don't make as much money off of your personal information as they do say a medical record I mean they're 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 hacking the tra we're talking about the transportation authority here so the most that they can get out of them is credit card information or payment information from the from the uh, customers but in this case the employees are going to be the ones that are going to have to brunt the uh the load on this one and that's that's uh, too bad. Now, Boom Mobile, this one was kind of interesting and a little bit different. Haven't heard about this in, in a couple of weeks, but Boom Mobile um, was attacked with by Magecart. And Magecart is a blanket term for cyber criminals that use malware or script to infect systems. It's not ransomware. They're not demanding money from you to get the information back. They're just sitting there silent on the network just pulling credit card information as you buy things. Now, they installed a credit card skimmer in a network of websites that sits in the Google analytic code, or uh, sorry, the Google analytic script. And in that script, there's a single line of code that loads an external JavaScript and pulls the credit card info, and then logs it um, for them to be able to leverage whenever they are satisfied with the results that they got. Now the next story is something that I've warned about for the last four or five episodes. It started with Israel, um, you know, talking about their water supply being hacked by Iran and, you know, Iran accusing Israel of blowing up their, uh, their nuclear weapons program. Now, now it's starting to cost actual human lives. And according to the New York times this week, a ransomware attack on a Dusseldorf hospital led to patient death because it infected, um, surgery systems and internal hospital networks. So that when a patient needed life-saving treatment, she was transported 20 minutes away to another hospital and died in the process. It is the first patient death on record that's being blamed directly for a cybersecurity attack. So this is just you know, it's kind of surprising that it didn't happen you know sooner, but um, you know it's it's going to be a huge issue. So in a ransomware attack, what they're looking for is medical records. Um, They're inaccessible or lost, right? They the surgery center was canceled, testing was halted. Um, you know, 911 service disrupted a whole host of issues that ultimately led to uh, led to somebody dying. So, rest in peace. Have you been victim of a ransom or malware attack? Have you ever read of a BTI customer under siege of such an attack? Probably not, because BTI delivers the foremost level of technical quality in cybersecurity monitoring with the 24/7 network operations center that's backed by a SOC or a secured operations center. We work 24-7 responding to alerts and mitigating attacks in real time. If you have any doubts as to whether you are protected or not, give BTI a call. Schedule a free network assessment by going to btigroup.com, click the banner at the bottom of the homepage, and schedule a free network assessment. So, Tino, welcome. And, Thank you. you. know, Thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited to uh, talk about uh, cybersecurity, physical security. And uh, learn
0: well, that I likewise um, what did you when you got into security, what was the the curiosity or what was the driving force behind that? And then when you got into it, what was and what did you find interesting?
1: What's kept me here?
0: <laughs> yeah, <more or> less.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, I've always uh, from a very young age been in love with technology, right I um had to for fortune of having technology around me at a young age. My father uh, worked for the government uh, and I got to see my very first server room when I was uh, nine years old. So that had a big impact on me, seeing all those cables, all those compu- all that computer equipment, all these monitors and people really just monitoring and testing things uh, just really kept me intrigued with technology and where things were going. Um, so I always... Uh, From a young age, like I said, just just kept in touch with it and tried to be around it as much as much as I could. Um, So I do have a small degree in uh, computer science and uh, and when I was given the opportunity to work uh, where I do now, I I wanted to definitely take it on because I I knew that where the world's going, security is going to be very important, uh, especially IP devices and cyber security. And I wanted to get my hands and be in a field that I thought would grow and uh something where I could grow in and that's what's kept me there because it's ever changing um i I can't say that I've not had a year so far where I haven't learned something new or there hasn't been some new technology or new advancements in technology that have allowed us to do more um, to keep our our devices safe or you know our business is safe, things like that so
0: yeah, it's pretty crazy. It seems like every year there's new growth, and it's it's more or less like whiplash, if you really want to want to put it that way. Yeah, yeah. It I can be. <laughs> it's it's definitely something that keeps you on your toes. And one of my favorite one of my favorite things about it is the is the stories that we hear. You know, the the impact that these systems can have on a customer. So it's it is it is a lot like whiplash with all the new new technologies and things that uh keep keep evolving and changing right like for for me the craziest kind of thing is is how quickly the industry adapted to covid and put you know put in the different analytics and software to allow you to stay compliant and keep your business open that was a pretty huge impact
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it, the thing is I think a lot of those technologies were probably in place or but not a, not as readily available for everybody to use. So, or maybe quite people didn't know all the possible uses of the technology they already had. Um, which is something we see all the time in a sales world where we go somewhere and and people don't necessarily know what their technology can even do they have all this expensive equipment that they paid for and they don't necessarily know what, what it can all do. And I think COVID, like you are saying, it brought out a lot more um, and a lot more learning from, from a a purchasing standpoint of what, what we can actually do with this equipment.
0: Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's not a priority until it's a priority, right. Until after something happened, typically they're, it's, it's a great idea, but we don't, we don't really need it. And then something catastrophic happens like COVID. And then, then you go, Oh God, we should have had this six months ago. We would have been fine now.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's all too often. And, and, you know, there was a surge in, in sales for things, uh, you know, w- with work with to do with working remotely or managing remotely, um, viewing and opening doors, viewing, you know, who's at the door, things like that. I'm I'm on a commercial standpoint and I'm sure even from a home use standpoint as well.
0: Yeah, well, I was I was talking to a home automation company yesterday and they said that their their sales have increased 10x and their service calls have increased 10x just because they're responding to upgrading Wi-Fi at homes because people are people are at home and that that is a A component that comes into play when you have when you have people working remotely right because they're not in within the border within the fence of the company's network and their typical speeds that they're used to so it's to me it's kind of uh it's interesting to see how this this stuff all is shaking out and i don't really see it going back to the way that it was i don't think that a lot of companies need as much space to rent as they were and what was that what was that company a couple of years ago that ended up? Um, something I think the the CEO or the founder got canceled or something, but um, WeWork, We work, is that is that the name of the company where it's shared workspaces?
1: I'm not uh not familiar with that actually.
0: Um I, I f- I forget what the what the actual company is called, but the concept is is that you it's like it's like office co-ops where you can go in and you can hold a meeting in a conference oh, yeah and you know plug in and, and work and all that
1: yeah I mean there are, in Chicago is uh, where I'm based is uh, we, we do have a, a handful of companies like that as well um, you see them all the time uh, office rent spaces things like that so that makes sense yeah
0: yeah and you know dedicating more of that office space more of that square footage to you know production versus you know just having office staff is is going to increase profits as well so i think that once that everybody gets kind of used to used to that and gets lush on on the on that side of things i think that they'll that this will just continue to to grow but i don't think that a lot of companies are well equipped managerially to continue to grow in that way because that takes a lot of trust in in your employees and you know your managers actually have to have to do things you know
1: yeah absolutely (laughs) but
0: what you know when we talk about the you know security as a service right the company that we work for is that's that's the entire business model right we're not we don't make money on selling pieces of equipment we sell we make money on selling equipment and then servicing and making sure that The worst day ever that we described or that uh, Terry described in the last episode doesn't happen to our customers. Um, How does, how does that, what have you seen out there in Chicago that kind of make that makes that different because to us it's you know it's it's regular stuff it's stuff that we do every day, but when you're going out and taking over buildings from you know another competitor. What is it that you're seeing that they fail at that makes security as a service more valuable?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing is, you know, what you're going to see is that a lot of the equipment is is very comparable um, between different competing companies. Um, there's a handful of, of large companies that, that do it nationwide. Um, so... The, the cost should generally be about the same, but but it it's always comes down to a terms of service. Uh, you know, what kind of warranties are actually extended on the equipment? Um, what kind of uh, labor uh, management that can be done after the fact? You know, people want to install their, have their equipment installed and have peace of mind that it's going to work. the way that it's expected to work. And IT staff is not necessarily trained on security equipment. So they need that security as a service because they need that. They need their their equipment to constantly be working. And it needs to be an ever-moving cog. Um, So a lot of the hurdles are always based around that. You know, how do I know or how can I rest assured that this is going to always be working for me?
0: Yeah, and I, th- I think that the attitude that I, I encounter here on the West Coast is that well, we have a facilities guy that manages the locks and manages the doors, and we have an IT guy that manages our network. But when you have a facilities guy that has to drop what he's doing and go work on your main production line number four that just went down and, and completely stopped, and then you have your IT guy who's constantly you know responding to in-house stuff like you know changing the passwords and and you know the basic it stuff that your typical it guy that we encounter does on top of having to monitor monitor the dark web for for intrusion monitor the network for for intrusion making sure that all the patches are are installed making sure everything's updated making sure that everything's configured correctly making sure that the firmware upgrades that you that you install on on software A doesn't impact the integration with soft software C because software C runs your runs your QuickBooks and there's just it's such an interconnecting web that throwing security on top of these guys' shoulders isn't feasible.
1: Yeah, they're not equipped for that. They they have way too many other things to be concerned about. They're they're not security managers. They're not safety managers. They're technology managers they're there to help make sure the right equipment is chosen uh, for their needs but they're not going to necessarily know how that equipment is supposed to run or um, how to maintain it
0: right and so it, it to me it's it's there's a tremendous amount of advantages to to having your security is managed as a service right managed managed security is that you don't have to deal with all of those headaches, right? And it's not, you know, we focus a lot on physical security in in what we do, but there's also the cybersecurity aspect that we do as well that is even more layered and even more complicated because the security system, the building security system, now impacts the network. So it's just no matter what, that IT guy does. There has to be some sort of oversight on the security system on his end because it it's a connected device. It's an Internet of Things yeah. type situation.
1: Yep, absolutely. But and there's less control now over over that. Like you said, Internet of Things is a perfect example. Um, you know, someone goes to a coffee shop and they connect to the local you know network there, and who knows who's there? Who knows what's on that network? And then they go. To the office and they connect to the office network that's secured, uh, and or should be secured, where valuable data is stored. You know who who knows what that person's been exposed to throughout their entire route with their phone or their mobile de- um, internet device, you know, laptop, uh, iPad, or yeah. tablet. Well, these are big concerns.
0: Yeah, and it's in you know an I iP- You mentioned iPad, and that that kind of triggered this thought: is that like you have you, you have an employee that loves apple product right mm-hmm. knows how that apple product can make them more efficient right and but the company isn't going to isn't going to provide that ipad to to them to make their their work more efficient right keep them mm-hmm. more organized all the time so they incur those costs themselves and they they start bringing their own ipad to work and that That, in and of itself, can be managed, right? But it's not. It a lot of times there isn't communication between the between the employee and the IT staff. They just attach it to the to the Wi-Fi, and then, you know, hell could break loose.
1: So essentially, you've got an IT guy who is not quite ready to deal with. You know, 50 additional devices that may or may not be on his network on an addition, uh, any given time. Um, you know, he he's got to worry about so many other things. And if it's just one guy trying to manage all that, it's that's that's well, that's that's a perfect recipe for disaster for any company.
0: Not not to mention the fact that like most most businesses out there are small businesses, right? They're not going to have a high level IT guy, right? They can't afford a high level IT guy. A high level, you right. guys starts at like 150, right? Yeah. So, to when you're when you're paying somebody below market value, you're getting below market skills, and maybe they can connect devices and they can configure an IP address and you know push it out to all devices, right? But that doesn't make them a skilled IT technician.
1: Yeah. No, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> you're well, right.
0: One of my favorite. One of my f- favorite stories that I I encountered that just it's not it's not a good thing, but it just kind of blows my mind as I, I went to a company that had they, they were a small business. They didn't have a I.T. guy. They had an operations guy that knew a little bit about I.T. And they had an owner that was kind of he had a bombastic personality. He was very intense and very, very rough. And they, they fired a, a salesperson and the, the sales guy, you know, left and then the two guys went to lunch <laughs> and then he came in and they, instead of having like an IT room, right, o- where they had all their network equipment, they had a hall closet where they had mounted all of their, their servers and their computers and stuff like that. So the guy knowing their pattern went back to the office and nobody else knew that he had been fired and took a baseball bat to the servers oh my God. and all of the computers and completely like wiped the hard drives on, on their, on their, uh, their servers. And the guy had to sit there and try and rebuild the computer. And eventually he just tossed it in the corner of his office and went and bought a new server and just stud it all back up and they restarted from scratch. And that's awful it's terrible it's a, it, and those are the kinds of results that you get when you're when you're dealing with when, when you're trying to manage it all yourself much less manage your business and so that's those are tr- those are kind of some examples of the advantages and disadvantages of of doing it yourself and as a as a provider as a, as a as a security managed service provider, um, one of the things that kind of makes makes one better than the other or one different is is the attitude that they kind of approach you with, right? If you're a, a bigger company out there and you're one of the big players in security, you're you're treating a lot of these small businesses as just a number, and your guys are. Responding to a request to deliver a quote, because that's their job, they're there to sell you a system, but they fulfill the very basic minimum requirements of that system or of your stated needs, and don't take into consideration the overall effect of what you're trying to accomplish, and it's kind of like a smash and grab type of installation, right, and then they walk away. Locked into a contract forever, and and you know you and your ins-
1: needs will never be met.
0: Right, you can't even get a hold of the guy, much less the guy that installs your system. You'll never talk to again.
1: And that yeah, to me, no, absolutely.
0: That that to me is not, it is, isn't doesn't serve the customer. Right, it doesn't serve them to.
1: No, it's a disservice. It's an absolute disservice, and. And really, it's like, I think you said it, a money grab. It's just a smash and grab job. Like you said, they come in, they provide these quotes, and uh, there's so little information. Um, I've seen competitors' quotes. There's so little information on these quotes. You can literally say almost anything, and what is the customer to believe but but your word uh, because the information is not there and the technical data is not actually there to back up the claims. And unless their service that is there to back up those claims and say, hey, look, we're going to stand by these. We're, we're going to stand by this hardware. We're going to stand by this equipment, and we're going to make sure that it works um, as, it's, as it should all the time. And we're going to have a staff dedicated to making sure that it works for you 100% of the time. I, you know, without that in place, without that in place, you, you don't know what you're getting. And and it's hard to really figure it out when you look at when you look at the equipment that's being sold unless you do your du- like extreme due diligence and research on it it's going to be very difficult for people to make the right decision
0: yeah you you can't make an intelligent decision without without information it just doesn't work and like the not just the way that they well i guess with the way that they quote with where they're not going to give you original manufacturers of that equipment right they're gonna it's gonna be oem three different labels you know three different logos are going to be slapped on that that camera or that device before it gets to your gets to your wall that
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) which could be a whole other a whole other issue as well that i think we could take on in one day i mean you have one company making manufacturing 12 different brands, but it's all the same thing at different price points. You know, that's, unless you see the hard data on the equipment, you'll never know that. Yeah. You know, and that's that's where our jobs and, and what, what I do comes into play is, hey, we we've picked a product. We know this product. We know everything it can do because we've done the research. You don't have to do the research. You're welcome to do the research and we'll be happy to give you all the information you need so you can do your own research as well. But what you, can, what you can know about this equipment and about this IT is that it's going to work exactly how we say 100% of the time without fail. And we're going to stand by that.
0: And that's and that is called a partner. It's, it's a novel concept that I don't feel like many, many people or competitors have, have really grasped, but it's not a it's not a difficult thing right you have you have a problem let's deliver a solution and then let's talk about you know some other problems that you might be having that was an effect of that sp- that original issue and let's see if we can solve those two that's somebody who's sitting on your side of the table and working through it with you versus somebody that is just that's negotiating with you, because. Negotiations aren't nobody. Nobody enjoys negotiations.
1: No, <laughs> but I, I think one of the best compliments that touches to that point is um, a, a testimonial that I read, and it was about uh, BTI and how it was the missing cog in an, in the ever moving wheel of this. Uh, you know, I won't say the company's name, but in their company, BTI was a missing cog that they needed to continue to work efficiently so they could not focus on their IT equipment or their cameras or their access control. They were able to f- use their manpower and their employees are able to focus on other things. And they, they were able to just utilize our, our service so they could do their own work.
0: And that, that's a beautiful thing it it really
1: and that's what it's all about and that's why you know companies like BTI exists is to provide that service could you provide nap- that peace of mind provide that stability that's needed yeah
0: it's it's an, it's nuts it's not seeing what's out there and what's accepted as as quality and then seeing what what actual quality is like or what it can be,
1: yeah, it's <laughs> and, and you you know you can't really compare you know all equipment, unfortunately, like i said when when you don't have the the data and the specs on the equipment that you're per- you know people are looking at or you know it really just does come down to that service. How how is this going to benefit? How is this service going to benefit your business? And it, maybe it's not for everybody. You know, it's not going to necessarily be for um, a cookie shop. No, unless they're you know they're holding on to secret recipes. Uh, but data data is the most valuable currency out there. Uh, my opinion. I mean, you, you've got black markets full of of data already people's information. Mine could be out there. Yours could be out there. So being able to keep that secure, and helping that uh, is one of the things I enjoy most about what I do.
0: Couldn't have said it better. So this is the No IT podcast. And that's Tino Hales. God love you. Thank what, you. What do you see coming down the pipe that you that you find interesting? Anything that you want to that you want to talk about?
1: Um, you know, one of the things that that I know so little about, and what what I love about this podcast and and what it's done so far is talk about cybersecurity. Um, I know a lot more about the physical security and the devices that will go into keeping a facility safe. But the things that you don't see and the things that you can't see um, is what intrigues me. So knowing more about the the dark web and how how much data is really there um, and how people actually And the ways that people will actually be able to hack devices, they're very creative. Um, So I'm I'm really excited to talk more about that and learn more about, you know, what what attempts that you'll see that a hacker will use to get information off your device. Whether it's your home computer or your office computer, you always got to stay safe uh, because that device may at some point connect to your work office. And you don't want to bring, you don't want to be the person that shut your company down uh, because you went to the wrong uh, download page for you know something so simple as a recipe. Yeah. All so, right. I, yeah, that's that's I would say really looking forward to hearing more about things like that. How to stay safe, how to stay secure.
0: Well, we are gonna we are gonna get into all of that and. We're probably going to dive into a little bit more, but I, I'm super grateful that you that you agreed to join us and that you you know you're going to continue to join us if that is something that you you like to do. Um, but you know, thanks, and you know, let's talk soon. Thanks for having me. Finally, I'm grateful to the support of BTI Communications Group. For 35 years, they've been servicing clients with the foremost level of technical quality that can be delivered. Unified communications, network infrastructure, cybersecurity monitoring, and physical security integrations allow BTI to deliver on that goal every single day. So if you are unhappy or unfulfilled by your IT managed service provider, give BTI Communications Group a look. Go to btigroup.com, click the banner at the top of the homepage, and schedule your free network assessment today.